Right, we are in Invercargill, and I am catching up with Rory McWillick. Is that Mc... McWillick? I uh, always Mc... butcher it. It's uh, Mick Ulrich. If I was knighted, I'd be called Sir Ulrich. So the MC just stands for son of son of Ulrich. So. Yeah. <laughs> I knew this was going to be a random conversation. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Il- so Ilric and then put a Mick in front of it. Yeah, Mick Ilric, MC, just the M small C. Right, and we've had yeah. a lesson there and, and everything. There we go. Uh, firstly, welcome back to Campbell's comments, mate, and congratulations on breaking 200 wins um, not that long ago. I think that was an awesome effort, mate, so well done for that for a start. Always great to be on Campbell's comments, and 200, it's a, it's a good goal to kick home, and it was a great day. I don't get you on enough. I had you on the other day talking ice creams, which was incredibly random, but uh, that's what I expect. But um, I think it was Teddy Disco back at um, Grand Prix Day, a year and nearly a year and a half ago, um, where I was a couple of the boys said to me, go and have a chat with you, it'll be a good chat. To the extent I nearly thought Zach and uh, Timmy might have been half, half setting me up, but uh, mate, you got a hell of a story to tell, haven't you? Yeah, look, I'm a bit of a deep thinker, so it's one of those things that I can uh, spit out a bit of a yarn, so, yeah. Where did the story start? Where did you, where did it start? Because um, McKillick, which I was just butchered, <laughs> um, uh, it's, not a, it's not a name that I have to butcher anywhere else. I mean, you're the one and only that I know of, yeah. so where did you, how you start in the industry? Yeah, look, it's it's pretty simple. Uh, some people say I came on a on a bike, I walked, uh, I came by train. Uh, I ended up at Mark Perrodin's there after a wee bit of convincing, and yeah, after that it just sort of went from there. So I sort of started at the top and got a wee bit spoilt with the quality of horses to work with, but was able to learn a lot. And from there went to places like Crandall Geddes and Robert Dunn's, and and then made my way down south and through Nathan Williamson's, Kirk Larson's, popped over to Aussie to John Caldo's, and then. Came back to Nathan's, helped out a uh, few people like Amber Hoffman and Graham Anderson, and then uh, went over and helped out uh, Jeff and Jude Knight, uh, Marty Denton in there at some stage. So I've been I've been around the world in 21 days, and it's yeah, it's been really good. You're a journeyman of the industry, but I think the great story is you're not a you're not like a family. It's it's you've come from out outside of it, and I think that's one thing that as an industry I think we need to celebrate because we need more people that come from the outside. You had no horse uh, knowledge really at all when you walked in the marks, is that correct? No, no no horse knowledge. I was about 100 metres away from the nearest horse when he asked me to uh, So did he ask you to come in, did you? Or? No, when I first got there on the first day, yep. I was just mucking out a box and uh, I was I was very tentative to get behind a horse, that's for sure. So uh, a person like that now I'd probably have a bit of a laugh at, but it was one of those things that soon, soon got used to it and uh, yeah, got a couple of swishes from the other boys for just sitting out and watching track work when I was meant to be mucking out the boxes, but it was really good. But, but you obviously worked it well because they wouldn't have kept you around if you, if you didn't. How long did you stay at Marks for? I was at Marks full time for about two years and I was going before as a kid at, at school for about a year and a half or so, so yeah. I was there for a wee while and you know he's a great man to learn off and, and the whole team there, Blair was there at the time and so it was one of those sort of environments where you know you're working with excellence and that's all they do so it's what you get a bit used to and it's uh, it's a great goalpost to set yourself from the start. Picking up boxes, so when you went in there did you want to be a driver? Like did you want to be a trainer or did you, did you have any Desire was just like, I'm not see if I can get a job here. It was really no idea. I had, I, I didn't have any idea. I was just, I'm super competitive, so it doesn't matter what I would have done. I would have ended up heading that way, whether it was driving or training. It's just one of those things that stood out to me and underway we got. But it took, it took a fair while for me to 
get my first drive I still remember to this day I, I barely could see through the helmet and the helmet was everywhere and Grant Payne he was Mark's uh, foreman and, and I think he was in partnership with Mark at the time and I think they put me on a bloody good horse like it was <laughs> some, it was Cullen I don't know exactly what it was but it was a very good horse that it turned out to be but he was the quietest horse on the stable so it was one of these things uh, so I did, look back now and it's very cool did they encourage you to drive it or did they like was it uh, I, th I think it was it was probably a Saturday and everybody wanted to go home and they needed one horse to go in front of the baby so I think he was just coming back into work and it felt like I was going about 300 miles an hour but we were probably going halves in 20. <laughs> And you remember it too, don't oh, you? Oh, for I can sure. Tell, I, 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 remember, tell, I remember the helmet. I remember the helmet. Yeah, it was a red helmet. So I remember just not being able to see and thinking, this is unreal. I'm like a, on a rocket ship or something. <laughs> uh, and, well, that's yeah. what I was going to ask you. So was that it? That was that was what spurred it on from that time. Oh. And obviously on Saturday, like, did you charge into work on Monday thinking, can I have another one? Oh, well, I didn't dare ask because it was just a privilege to, to get, get to drive one. I was very reserved in that regard, just kept working away and things came round as they came round as they needed someone. So, uh, yeah, just progressed from there, really, very slowly. It wasn't a rapid, yeah. I'm driving, this is what I'm doing. It was take what you get and I'm just a kid from school who and marks out the boxes. Did they guide you? You got the guidance and, and the direction? Yeah, I, th I think it was one of those things that sort of was guiding over time. They just gradually learnt... There, there are people along the way, I think, further down the road that really guided, you. guided me from there. At that point, it was just, you're just a young fella, and, and if we need you, we need you, and you're just learning the ropes and doing the groundwork at that stage. Probably, to be fair, too, the guys were pointing stuff out. They are probably pointing out as much as what other people were later on. Yeah. But it's too hard to comprehend, isn't it, when, you, yeah. when you're just like, oh, I'm going to get another drive, so you're just saying, right, which horse am I driving? They're trying to tell you what to do, and it sort of just goes in and out. It, would that be fair? Dead right, dead right. Yeah. And, and you know, there are people like James Hornbrook and Brett Cousins, a couple young fellas there who probably led, led the way with, with the early learning in those basic steps yep. early on. So I probably got a lot to thank by them, and, you know, plenty of banter with those boys. <laughs> Learned a wee bit too, so, yeah. You're not bad on the bandit. We've just got a yeah. lot of course, but... Um, so, like, when did you get your first trial? Like, did you trial drive at all with Marks, or do you know? No, no. So I, uh, I'm pretty ambitious, so you've sort of got to look around and see where the opportunities are. And, you know, if you look at Cran, Cran has got an amazing reputation in developing people, you know. Obviously, they generally come from champion families as well prior, but he's still got a, you know, Dexter Dunn, Mark Jones, and he had, uh, I think Peter Jones drove for him before that. But he's certainly given the young fellas an opportunity. At, at, and if they go on with it, then they, they hit the big time. So I was looking around and in my mind thinking, well, I was swinging for the fence for sure. And so I thought that's the place to go. Oh, and he, your golf game? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it hits the fence a bit. And I ended up being there at the same time as Jack Trainer, and and you know, Cran gave me a huge amount of opportunity in my trials. He gave me a, hundreds of trial and drives and guide. Well, look, Kevy Turnbull was probably my main guidance. He's a great man. He uh, he was a bit of banter there, but still, I probably hadn't found my teacher yeah. at that stage if, in in that regard. But opportunity at the trials and just the general people around and getting that feel out there. So, Cran, he's a great man. I think to start start out and I mean if you get that opportunity he's the king but you probably need to come there with a bit more preparation 
uh, and Jack was there, and he was he was he was going to be number one. And so he's I still that super prepared person, isn't exactly. he? Exactly. Yeah. He he's got all of that, and you know they're they're around decks and things like that when they start out. So you get a good guide of of what what they needed to do, and and that's what Jack's done, and he's done unbelievably well so you got some fabulous names you've been rattling off there like you, yeah you, we could do probably 10 of these i reckon going forward so who was it who where where when did someone like who took you under their wing or who did I, yeah it's it's pretty easy i would say really nathan williamson he was sort of just beginning so it was more of a it was more boutique at that time Adam sanderson had worked for him for a brief time and then i'd come through there and nathan just had say up to 12 horses a just a small number so you know the banter was pretty high he was just starting out and and so we were you know I was allowed to learn by fire and so I could banter at him and he would certainly have enough energy to banter back at me and that really helped me that's the way that I learned that grew me for sure and, and that's the way that I think Phil and Maddie and Brad all sort of learned is their way and and so really it was Nathan who is pretty much 100% the guy I probably wouldn't be here still driving if, if he hadn't been in that situation and then it's not necessarily the opportunities although he gave me a huge amount because there were other people down the road who gave me a yep. lot of opportunities as well but if I didn't have him to teach me even though I didn't listen to him a lot of the time <laughs> until now you know the things come back and I go oh you're probably right Nath you know but it might take two years yeah but yeah he's a great te- he's a great teacher when you had the small team we're gonna go back to how do you learn I like I learn I'm like I'm an observer like uh, you know anything that I try to watch I mean that's how I said this like but other people are you know they've got to do it other people got to be told it and probably do you, do you understand how you like do you understand how you work Rory works I, I think Rory works in a way where you know with, with practical things like this I think with, with instruction initially and a good coach and then doing yep. I think with that that specific learning and it laid out in a in a, in a good manner and just the, the right feedback at the right time just to correct yourself by someone you respect and I think that's the key thing is that when learning I learn by doing but I also learn by teachers who I respect and you've got to respect them if you think that you know more than them or, even if you don't I find that I, I can't learn anything. Is that potentially like nothing against anyone that was at Purdens and, and including mm. Mark and even Crans? What happened with Nathan? You said there before about that that banter. So you were in a happy place in a way, um, yeah. a little bit. Of, you know, you were there in a happy place, but you also got that respect because you had to, like he would banter. So the pair yeah. of you clicked. It's not necessarily that Nathan's a better teacher than any of those mm. guys, but the pair of you actually clicked and probably at the right time of your career was probably the right timing as well. I think it's timing. You know, there are a lot of these great trainers, drivers. If, if you're in that right situation, you have that right connection with them, you're going to learn because they're going to put that into you. But it's having the right person who's going to do that and click with you. Those people are great, but sometimes the very best sports people aren't the best people to teach you. And Nathan's, he's that sort of guy. He's in that situation he would he would fight and that's obviously how he was brought up that he would he would say oh what are you thinking and all this sort of thing and he was there in that stage in his career too where he had the energy to to have those conversations because we could disagree for a week and then I could go yeah you're right 
the week late, you know. A, a, and he cop that because you probably done the same with Maddie and Brad. Exactly, and, and Phil. Oh, Phil, <laughs> Phil's horrific. Yeah, yeah, he's the best at it. You know, yeah. he's very hard to beat in the conversation. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> but I mean, I think like one of the things I want to point out to people like is one, you don't have family background. Mm. You've been a journeyman, and you are the true harness racing journeyman. I yeah. don't care what anyone yeah. says. And you've been to some of the best, and no, like I love Nathan. Mm. He's probably not. At, well, he's not. He's not in the conversation when you talk about Crandall Geddes and Mark Pertens. Yeah. But in your life, the influence that he's had, which then for mine is an influence back to our industry because you're still in it. And this is the one thing that I, by this interview, I want to make sure people are aware of because you are a journeyman. You've been to a lot of places. And yet someone just up the road, um, which wasn't just up the road for you initially, but, I mean, he's the person that sort of moulded you and guided you um, and got you sort of still standing here after driving 200 winners. I mean, yeah, that, I think that's really cool. So that's one of the points I want to make sure because we have so many young people in this sport that come into it and they last for five years. Some of them last for 10 years, but then they sort of leave. Um, mm-hmm. And I try to stop that. And I think your story, that's one of the, the, the things that I'm trying to point out to people. And it's just good banter what you just got back to me then, like yeah. about how, how you learn. It doesn't mean everyone should go to Nathan Williamson. No. Because no. Nathan won't be for everyone. Mark Putin no. could be for some people. Grand Dog Eddie, you just rattled off some of the great names um, and go from there. Do you remember that uh, first horse? Do you remember when you said, hey, I belong out here? Like, I mean, you drive winners. We all drive winners. But do you remember that one time when you said, hey, I can actually cut it with these guys? I think, unfortunately or fortunately, I've got a good amount of delusion. <laughs> so uh, combined with competitiveness and thinking, being told my whole life that I'm great by my mum, which bless her, you know, it's the right thing to say, I mums suppose. The mums do that. I uh, uh, First day, you know, you just think I can do this and I still believe that, you know, I still think that I can be the very best and it's within me to be that good. So I don't think anyone should be without that confidence at least internally you don't have to be out there throwing that around and believing that but i think if you don't back yourself 100 percent, then you're in serious trouble even if it's delusion it is far better to have that than to have a lack of confidence but that that's for me and so that's where my first first day i thought i can do this with the helmet bobbling over your eyes bobbling over my eyes i can bring it on because i am a wee bit over the top competitive which I've calmed down on but yeah, yeah that's I have massive belief and there's a fine line between that and arrogance isn't there there is there is well I and think some it's how you perce- lose and some people can perceive it as arrogance probably some people probably listen and say oh it's an arrogant answer mm. but there is a difference isn't it well I think that arrogance can come upon that when you believe that you're better than any others rather than believing that I have the ability to do it so it's more of yep. a play on who you are rather than being above others because I don't really believe that I'm above anyone I just believe that I can compete and to a high level it doesn't mean I'm not saying that no one else can so that's sort of how I look at it in an arrogant way is I think some people can be like well I'm better than you and I can just do it whereas I just believe that I can do it and I believe that anyone can do it if they really believe in themselves and are driven. Best horse you've been associated with? Race day? Yep. Well no it doesn't have to be race day no. Yeah the the best horse that I've ever probably been around, oh, that's uh, that's a real hard one. Is there a special horse to you then? How's that sound? Yeah, special horse to me. Uh, I've got you. I've got you on the hop. You've yeah. really got me on the hop there. Uh, there's n- there's nothing. There's no one horse that really stands to me. I probably I think I. Uh, <laughs> 
I probably don't. Yeah, I probably don't get too attached. Attached, and I don't, that might just be a me thing, but I've never really. Uh, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't tell yeah, you. You have a, particular a dead, horse. you have a dead set love of the horses. Like I was watching you here today, and I've watched you numerous times. You love. Yeah. Horses, you just like you don't separate. You can't. You don't separate the better ones or the better ones to you. Not necessarily the good ability ones, but you don't seem to separate them. Then. I don't. Se- I, I probably separate them on ability. I think the kindness and things like that once again goes back to my mum. So yeah. it's just a, a nature thing, in regards to that. When it comes to just having the love for one particular horse, I, I couldn't. I couldn't pick one. The, it, it is. It, it's like a big ball of one thing be it the people and the horses and sometimes the horses come with the people and it's it's a funny thing I, I couldn't tell you a particular horse and I've been asked this before and I've never really had a great answer for you well you have yeah because there is no difference and, and you mm. said there about the people you actually love the industry yes 100 percent. yeah Which... I, I live the dream every day <laughs> like my my job and uh my lifestyle is you know it, it's very it's unreal so yeah, the whole thing's great. One of the, one of the things I try to do, I, I love to promote, and I love to, love to do, and just uh, you know, um, promote how great the industry is and everything else like that. I called you there before a journeyman. I want mm. people to stay in the industry. You've you're rattling off jobs there yeah. to me. Like, how many stables do you reckon you've worked at? Oh, I would say well over ten to fifth, you know, ten to fifteen, somewhere around there. I, I I wouldn't know exactly. I would say in regards to that, that is. That that is chasing. A lot of that was I've actually settled in Invercargill, which is pretty good for me, uh, for quite some time. Yet in that period, that a lot of that was my junior driver period of just, am I going to get the opportunity? Looking at the landscape, understanding you're too low on the pecking order to get the opportunity. So you got to you got to move. You got to move. You got to move. It was the same. Is that told to you though, or is that you? you That's me because yeah. because I just look at it and I know. Well, it came to me, and I thought. I remember working at Nathan's, and I was getting, you know, a good amount of winners every year, about twenty-five or something like that. And I looked around, and you know, I've been there for a wee while, and I thought, I'm not going to do it here. I'm not. I'm not because I didn't have the broad range of the length of the country. So then I just winged it, worked for free, went to Graham Anderson's and worked for different places. And then I left Graham's because uh, I wasn't going to get the opportunity that I wanted there fully and just went everywhere. And I won that premiership. And that was, that was in my mind at that time, that was everything. There's certainly not that way anymore with that drive. The, the drive there, I couldn't describe it to you. I don't know if I'll ever be driven for something like that. Do you want to be driven like that again? I do. It's an interesting one. Because that's a sacrifice everything yeah. drive. That's, I'm not in the industry, I just want to win a premiership. I think, you know, your health, your family and your friends are so important now. And certainly with my family and friends, that's always going to be number one and, and your health. So keeping that to the highest level is, you know, very important to me. I've, I've been very lucky that I've always been really good. But I just find that when it comes in regards to... Your, your family and friends and just the great people, it's irreplaceable. And sometimes when you push for something like that, you have to go everywhere, sacrifice everything. And it's not always, when you stand atop the mountain, it's a funny thing. You go, oh. Not quite what I was expecting. Not what I was expecting. I could, what I could have done, you know, but yeah. yeah. 
It's, it's a good answer, and, and like as I say, I, I try to open people's eyes and get people thinking, you know, about what it is. And as I said there at the start, you're an outsider. You walked in the Mark Burdens and asked for a job. Well, Mum, he might have asked Mum, or Mum might have asked you at the vets. Is that correct? Or so there was some sort of crossover with Mum. Oh, my, yeah, my Mum worked as a nurse, and and she she called the first time to Mark, and Mark said there wasn't a job, and then the second time we called through. I said, Mum, give me the phone, I'll sell this an absolute treat because I was just finished working at the market, so I'm a sales king. I said, Mark, hey, mate, uh, I rolled Mars back then, so uh, it's just Warby McIlroy here, just wondering, any chance I can work at your place? I'm happy to work for free. I was there in a second. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where it all started. So how how do we keep people in this game? How And how do we... How do we tell people, like, I mean, I've just been at a three-day carnival, five-day, five three-race meeting carnival that is outstanding. I love it. I love the people, and I love the industry. And I think this industry is better than a lot of people will accept. I think, you know, and there'll be people turning around and say to me, even after this conversation, but how do we get outside people, how do we get the next Rory's to, to come, but not only to come, take that journeyman, Roll if you want, or mm. or stay at Nathan's and get your twenty five winners every year yeah. for ten years. How, how how as an industry do we constantly get people from outside? Because I can ask anyone. I'm giving you time to think. Don't worry. But I can ask anyone. I could go to Phil and ask the same question. He'll have a different answer because their life is their family. They are they are about it. Is there a way that you can see that we, as an industry, and as a sport, that we can encourage more people to be be a part of it? I think continuing to create that environment where, you know, you feel like family, you feel like friends, that's certainly what I had with the Williamsons, which is something that definitely helped. It's I understand for a lot of people in, in regards to financially, that is a struggle for a lot of people because in my situation, you know, I'm single, I don't have any kids, so I'm in a strong situation. I've also been an extremely good save for my entire life and uh, a lot of the boys will give me crap about this but compound interest is a great thing so <laughs> <laughs> teach people that young and they can do whatever they like but it's it's just I think a lot of people will have to couple racing with a probably a high income job or, or, or something to supplement it and so when you look in that regard I would also think that you need to make sure that the community is strong that the everybody gets on that realizing that we're a team and we're actually all in this together and and to have fun and laugh together and and when you're out there it might be war but as soon as you get off the track just try and stay calm and and enjoy each other's company I think that's where it really is, you know. Obviously, the connection with the horse is massive, and so you've got to have that no matter what. You've got to have the kindness and, and, and that nurturing side for, for the animal side, but then you've also got to be interactive with others as well. So if we can build those areas, community, and, and just educating people, especially a lot of the younger people who come into it, just... Because it is a lower income sort of job a lot of the time, unless you're at the top echelon. Just how to manage things so that you can enjoy a great life. Can I point out one thing to anyone who's just listened to that there? No point of time did you say we're going to increase stake money or you know less racing and more travel or anything else along those lines. So go back and listen to what he just said because that's the, that one thing. This industry, especially here, um, and I will throw a rock back at Australia, we do not do it as well. I saw young Seth Hill the other day drive his first winner. I was doing interviews. I saw 
A-grade trainers and drivers waiting to shake his hand, give him a pat on the back and say, well done. So as an industry here in New Zealand, you guys do do it and you do do it very, very well. And HF's part of the industry, but I don't think that would have mattered to anyone. It was his first win and people come from everywhere. And I, that's why I wanted to do this interview because I, I, like I, I'm happy to do happy chats and have fun and talk about strawberry ice cream and, and all the rest. <laughs> but I think the industry needs to, we need to be aware of what we do have. Don't knock what we don't have, and don't don't bag, you know, all the time. And that was your answer just then. And that's yeah, yeah. And we didn't say that. You didn't no. know what the questions were. I was going to ask. No. And I think that's the one thing I I believe anyway that we need to get more people to think the way that you think mm. um, and be open and honest about it. I think it's I think it's awesome. I I, I think you're refreshing, Rory. I, I really do. I think you're uh, breath of fresh air. When the last interview we did, yeah. the amount of feedback I had, they're like, do more with him, do more with him. And I'm like, yeah, well, but um, I don't want to take that away from you either because I think it is who you are. So I think they're pretty raw answers that you just gave. So it's cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, that's as, as honest as I can be, that's for sure. What are your goals in the industry? Uh, my goals in the industry is probably just to continue to build that out with great people continue to work uh at quality horses it's really one not, of those not things to be a, I, see again not to be a trainer not to be a driver not to no. you're just happy to continue going as as don't say the wrong way the journeyman yeah to, to continue that way of course i want those champion horses and those those uh, quality drives and things like that but i think it's one of those things where you just need to do, it sounds like such a cop out of an answer, but it's it's sort of like the sports people. You've just got to keep going through the process, keep analysing what you're doing and and do the right things every day. And, and if it will be, it will be. And if it won't, it won't. But make those adjustments. Be the very best driver you can be. Present yourself the best you can. And hopefully th- that quality drive comes along. And, and mainly, I think the one thing that's changed is I would love that quality horse, but you know obviously you want to have it with those quality people like Wayne Adams or someone you know close to home Carol Owen Lawrence to if you could have a great horse with them and enjoy the ride I think there's nothing better than that and even if it's just the country cup horse I know Carol you'll, you'll hear her from the bleachers screaming and yelling and bouncing around and they're happy to win a maiden so it's so you're, ha- so you're it, happy to drive that maiden? I'm happy to yeah. drive that maiden because it's like winning a cup race, you know. And, and so those are my goals. And, you know, as I say, just, just uh, you know, I'm a bit of an athlete, so stay, stay fit well and able to do this as long as I can. Mate, thank you. Absolutely love that we've got a little bit dark, unfortunately, because it's, uh, yeah. although it's, it's not actually that late over here, it's only six o'clock, but for some reason the sun's disappeared and we've gone a little bit. That's okay, we can, we can handle that. But I really appreciate it, mate. I think well done. 200 yeah. wins um, and I love your answers there hopefully people um, have enjoyed it hopefully you get another 200 um, and you, yeah, get, you, yeah, do, sure. you, you do get to enjoy it but I, I really appreciate the, that had a bit of fun playing golf with you as well mate so it was uh, always yeah. good fun but um, congratulations and uh, thank you very much for joining me thank mate. you very much Paul and yeah if uh, anyone ever wants to play in golf I wouldn't be afraid either play me no yeah. I wouldn't do that <laughs> play me that is for sure thanks mate thank you very Cheers. much beautiful